First Corinthians chapter two, and I'll read it verse fourteen. I want you to recognize a couple of people that are illustrated here by Paul when he's writing to the Corinthian church. Everybody say church. He's writing to the church. Keep that in mind. But the natural man, everybody say that's one, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, everybody say second person. So we have a natural man, one who has never been born again, one who has never experienced the power of God. They just live their natural life on the earth. And then we have now a spiritual man, number two, one who has been regenerated, washed into blood, sanctified by the Spirit. He says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But, he, but we have the mind of Christ. Someone said, thank God. And this next chapter, chapter 3, is actually a continuation of the previous, but we added chapters and verses in order to find Scripture better. But when you look at chapter 3, it's a continuation of the thought. He says, and, which is a conjunction, meaning what's coming next is attached to the previous. I'm an English teacher on the side. I'm just kidding. I really am not. That's funny only to my family because they know how bad I... I am with English, but, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Everybody say third person. There we have it. Carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to to bear it. You weren't able to take meat, is what he said. I had to keep giving you milk. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal or fleshly. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, these are all things that identify carnal-minded people and are not carnal. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? So what he said is, there is a natural man who has only been born once. There is a spiritual man who has been born twice. But then there is a spiritual or a individual who is in the church whose mind is carnal and it leads to enmity with God or separation. And he wants us to know that there are things that we could receive if we were spiritually minded that we cannot receive if we are carnally minded. And I want to address this today because I do believe that God wants us to speak about this, not only today, but I believe he's going to address it some more uh, on Wednesday night with, with Brother Reese at Spirit Life. Shameless plug for Spirit Life, 6.30 Wednesday night. You should be here, amen? Put it into your schedule. Make a timer on your phone, whatever you got to do. Um, as the days are getting more and more evil, the Bible says we should gather together more often, not less, as we see the evil day approaching. And we're trying to do that and honor the Word of God by doing Wednesday night. So make that a point. That's the only advertisement I'm going to give. Is that all right? Okay. Lord, help us with this word. Help us to understand it. Help us to be equipped by it. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated.
with this storm, it's disrupted uh, so many things that um, I just have been running on what I feel is natural mindedness, just taking care of things, like making sure the sump pumps don't run over, making sure the house is still standing, making sure trees haven't fallen in the backyard or front yard, making sure that things are cared for. And we have to do that, right? We have to care for the responsibilities that we have. But that disruption can bring emotional issues. That this disruption can bring disconnection um, as you're trying to just deal with your responsibilities. And it can bring worry about what to do, how to handle things. Um, so I, I, I don't know that I've ever had to spend so much time as I have just lately on natural things. But when I was reading through the Scripture, this, this naturally-minded man in Scripture is talking about someone who's never experienced the power of God. I, I don't know what it, would, what it would be like to never feel the presence of God, but there are people who have literally never felt God's presence. What would it be like to spend your entire life and not encounter the beauty and the awesomeness of God's presence, to never know the power of the name of Jesus, to never realize that you can walk in that power and you can be spiritually minded and, and you, can, you can have so much um, they say you can be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good, but you can also have a beautiful balance between the spiritual and the natural, but the natural will not control every decision that you make. You're led by the Spirit. And I want to be clear today that that there is not a place in Scripture here that I see where I answer the question succinctly of can a Christian be carnally minded? I want you to think about that for just a minute. Can can uh, he's he's speaking to the church here, and so he gives three types of individuals: the natural, the spiritual, but then the third type he gives is a spirit is a carnally minded Christian, a carnally minded believer. And these two things about the carnally minded is that they're fleshy; they don't lift their eyes to heavenly things. They are only concerned about earthly things. And as I was getting ready to come preach this, I just kind of had to detox a little bit from all the earthly things. My eyes have been down here for like two, three days, and I've been like, "Thank you, Lord, for this." And, th- and I'm trying to pray, and I'm trying to be, uh, you know, spiritually minded. But but I got so many just normal human tasks to handle. And so I, I wanted to make sure that, it, that I understand it correctly that fleshly or carnally minded people may not be bad people. They are just focused on everything that is earthy. Everybody say earthy. And God wants us to lift our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. He wants us to take an understanding that when we have things down here that we need help with, our first source is to go to him and ask him for help to pull down strength spiritually. And when we get the download of a spiritually minded individual, we then make better decisions in our natural life. Amen. 
But I do want to separate the difference as teaching here for just a minute, if that's okay, between a fleshly-minded person is not a demonic-minded person. Having a demonic mind or a possession of mind and spirit is different from just being carnally minded. Carnally minded is, is that the, the, king, the king is not Satan, but the, the king in your life can become self. Understand that when people live their entire life driven by self, they, they are carnally minded. Whether they're Christian or not, their mind is consumed with selfish or personal agendas or tasks. And, and, and I think that it's very important that the enemy of your life doesn't care about your eternal future as much as he wants to destroy you and keep you busy in your natural life. He knows that if he can keep you earthly minded and living your life constantly trying to just get through each day with tasks or overwhelmed with debt or overwhelmed with different things that you alone have the power to step out of that cycle. But if he can keep you bound in the cycle of just living life and only and making it through day by day, you feel like you're just trudging through some sort of groove in life and you've wore out this path where you every day you just go to work and you come home and you try to find food and you try to take care of the kids and get get baths and put them to bed and get up the next day and start all over again. He, do, he doesn't care if you, if you go to church and if you, if you sit in a pew, but you never get moved by the presence of God or you never get moved by the power of God. He doesn't, he doesn't mind if you call yourself a Christian even, if you don't have the spiritual mindedness to step out of the boundaries of a, of a basic and normal, just natural life. But when you begin to get spiritually minded, when you begin to put the word of God in your heart, when you begin to seek a source of God before you start making decisions on your own, when you go to God first and you seek him first and the kingdom of God first, all things can be added to your life and spiritual mindedness is a place to live victoriously. He's saying, I have things that I want to tell you, but I can't tell you these things because of a carnal mind. I wonder if we understand that, that in those moments we only are living a natural life when we don't look to Jesus for our strength and our power. And the selfish individual that is not driven by anything other than the power of self is only making sure that they are living life well right here, right now. Only making sure that your spiritual man doesn't get stronger than your flesh. So carnally minded people have this war going on, the same war that Paul talked about, the flesh versus the spirit. But carnally minded individuals never feed the spirit more than they feed the flesh because we want this to be comfortable, amen? We want this to be taken care of. So feeding our flesh and starving our spirit is normal when you're a natural man. But when you become spiritual, your mind needs to change to feeding the spirit more than you feed the natural. I'm not just talking about your natural food, but yes, I am talking about spiritual food for your mind and your heart, your thought life, the way you think. 
Because the mind can become poisoned with self-centeredness. And you will consume your own life and destroy your own best way if you live on self, only heeding to your flesh or fleshly thinking. That is the danger of being only a natural man. Not only that, but if you're born once, you die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. Your natural man only dies in this life. You only go through the grave, but you will, you will be spared. And you, if you are born again, if you're born from the womb and you're born again spiritually by the power of the Holy Ghost, you have been born twice and you will be recovered and restored by Jesus and your life is hid in him. Therefore, when the judgment comes, you will not die the second death and be cast away from God forever, but you will be saved, spared, and live forever with him. Somebody said amen. So I want to feed my spirit and starve my flesh. The flesh only desires certain things. 1 John 2.16 tells us what those things are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh is, is very powerful. The lust of the eye is also very strong. And we have to be spiritually minded to pull away from the flesh. These things don't necessarily say that carnal Christians are able to conquer them, but it is a fact that if you don't live spiritually minded, you will struggle with lust of the flesh, you will struggle with lust of the eyes, and you will struggle with the pride of life. We, brothers and sisters, were made to worship something. And if you have a spiritual mind, you are telling yourself constantly, I have a Lord and a Savior who deserves to be worshipped over anything that is lusting down here, anything that lusts or desires for the eyes to receive anything that is a pride of life of look at my accomplishments, look at what I've done, look at how good I am, look at how many degrees I've got, none of that. All of that drifts away when you start stepping into the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray today as I'm talking that you have a sense and understanding that you can live your natural life and just continue on and just go about life and never know Jesus. But those that are born again and have tasted of the things that are the are to come will never be satisfied with just living like the natural man. Those things and those individuals that have never experienced or encountered the love of God, those are who we want to reach to. Those are who we want to share the gospel with because they do not know the experience that we have. And once you've been touched by God, you you have been so stretched that you can never go back to being happy just living a natural life. I've watched it over and over in my ministry. People that have come to God and then tried to walk away and I've seen so many people that tried to fill in the space where God has stretched them to. They have now experienced things of another world. They have experienced the spiritual power of being filled with the Holy Ghost and they'll run after this and they'll run after that and they'll make a God out of their possessions and they'll make a God out of their career and they'll make a God out of something else because we always will worship something but if you know that there is nothing like him, there is nothing 
anything like our God. There is no one who stands beside him. There's no one who can be matched by him. He is not equal to the devil. He, he is not even close to anything that has ever been mentioned. We cannot even put into words who he is and how powerful he is. He is the all-omniscient God. He is the all-sufficient one. I'm thankful that I've experienced him, and I'm thankful that I can preach to you today a power that's greater than your natural life, greater than your carnal mind, greater than your life lived in a rut. He can pull you out of it. He can put you into the greatest adventure of your life. That I keep saying that because I want you to know that even through the normal courses of life, you can have a spiritual mindset. And I hope that resonates with you. When you are carnally minded, the devil can bait you. So easy. Things that would normally go right by you if you're spiritually minded. He can bake the hook and zzz, and you will go for it every time because you're carnally minded. And he uses the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those are his only three pitches, brothers and sisters. If you're up to bat, he's going to throw that at you. And if you can... If you can lay down the carnal man and the carnal way of thinking and pick up spiritual mindedness, then you can be an individual that can celebrate the victory of God in your everyday life. But if you don't, you will not feel his victory. You will not feel, you will sing about it, but it won't impact you on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You can read about it, but it won't live in your life until you become spiritually minded. The key to becoming a victorious Christian is becoming spiritually minded by investing the word of God into your life and by walking in his presence. Oh, the power of his presence. There is a difference in going through pain without his presence. There's a difference in going through struggle without his word, amen, without scripture. You have to understand that spiritual mindedness is the only way that you have victory in life. You can live a natural life without him and be far from God because God will not make you Come to him or be saved if you do not want to. But he also has only got one option. Hell is not made for humans. It was not made for persons. It was made for the devil and fallen angels. But there is only one place for people to go who do not want to be like Christ or do not want him. It's the, it's the choice that they make, not that God makes. I don't believe God sends anybody to hell. I believe everyone, whether consciously choosing it or not, it chooses whether they're going to go there because that is the only option other than being with God forever. It's the only option. So how do we get spiritually minded? I got three R's for you. Number one is repent. Acts 3.19 says repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How many have ever had a time of refreshing that you needed so badly? The Bible says that you can't get it from a vacation. The Bible says you can't get it from just friendship. It says times of refreshing come from the Lord. You can get it from going different places, enjoying different things. I'm not saying you can't, but there is a special kind of refreshing and rest that only comes from the Spirit of God. And he says when you repent, you break agreement with lies. 
You break agreement with the things that are binding your spirit and heart that you cannot see, and you come into allegiance with the truth, brothers and sisters. That's why it's important that every sin that is committed from the garden to five seconds ago, if there was a sin that was committed in here five seconds ago, that it, 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 the results of it is coming into agreement with a lie, something you believe that is not true about you. What about the snake walking into the garden? I don't know if it walked into the garden or not. All I know is when it left, it slithered out. That's all I know. And it was a curse. So he had no leg to stand on, they say, after he left. Hath God not said, the snake said to Eve, hath God not said, and Eve said, God said, we're not even to touch it. We're not to eat of it, not even to touch it. And the snake said, oh, uh, no, the Lord actually said, when you eat of it, you will be like him. And at that point, she should have said, we're made in the image of God. We're already like him. But there was a knowledge of good and evil that the devil was working against her, and she became discontent with the place where she was at, and Adam stood right there, and they ate, and they fell. You were made in the image of God, yet you let a lie you aligned yourself with a lie that caused the fall. And that is what happens to every carnally-minded individual where the enemy tries to bait them and tries to say, yes, but is it really so? Or, yeah, but is his promises really true? You've waited so long for this promise to come to pass. Is it really true? Or is God just telling you that? Is, is it really true that God is not slack concerning his promises but will always come through? He'll always question the word of God first in your life. And if you are carnally minded, you don't have the spiritual strength to stand against it. How can a good God, how can a good God tell us promises that he would then fail on and would be against his character, Sister Carla? In other words, God cannot fail. If he was to fail, he couldn't be God. Do you understand that? We fail as human beings all the time. We fail each other. We might say things we don't mean because we're in a spirit or a mood that we just are having a bad day. But God doesn't ever say things he doesn't mean. He's never moved by emotion and says things that are not within his plan and perfect will. Everything he says, he will perform. Can somebody say amen to that? So God is able. He's well able. And so repentance is us coming out of agreement with a lie, whether it's cheating, lying, fornication, adultery, any, any kind of sin. It never gives what is promised. That's what I'm trying to get to. God promises things, and he will perform them. But the things that are sins, the things that are carnally minded, the things that are in the natural world, they promise things they cannot deliver. Amen? And so you want to repent as quick as possible. As soon as the Holy Spirit quickens you, you want to repent. You just say, I don't want to be in alignment with a lie. I only want to be in allegiance with the truth. So, Lord, please help me. Every time you think of something or every time you have a bad moment or you, have, or you feel like you just have said some things that you regret, regret just get into a mindset where you say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I had to do that this morning. I was upset with that generator this morning, and I just had a moment, and I said, Lord, forgive me for my, 
for my bad attitude right now. I, I need to stay in focus so that I can preach today. I know it's going to be difficult for me, for my mind to stay focused, and I just need you to help me to stay focused. What was I doing? I was giving everything to him for him to help me in the moment and to move me forward, repent. It brings you back into the light, brothers and sisters. You were called out of darkness into marvelous light, amen? It, repenting sets your mind free. Repenting sets your heart free. And so we do it as fast as possible. The Psalms teach us that if you regard sin in your heart, God will, uh, God will withhold answers to prayers. The Psalms teach us that. And I don't want my prayers blocked. How about you? Some have... Some have so little prayers answered, and sometimes it's because they will sin, 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 and then ask God to clean up the mess. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. And some people don't understand, but they have made a lot of carnal decisions, a lot of fleshly decisions, and then they ask God to bless their mess. Have you ever met somebody like this? Pray for them, amen? The quicker you come into agreement with God, the more effective you become spiritually, Sometimes we have to tell ourselves to be quiet. Sometimes we have to tell our thoughts those are not thoughts of God. Sometimes we have to repent of thoughts that drift through our mind and not let them build a nest, amen? We have to be able to just say, God, forgive me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of anything that I thought you know. I don't have thoughts like that. That must have been from somewhere, some spirit. I don't think like that. You know that, God? Forgive that thought. That's not from me. I don't want anything to do with that. If you have a lust run through your mind, you need to say, Lord, that's not the carnal life I want. I don't want my eyes to be driven by the enemy. I don't want my lust to be driven by the enemy. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to see things change in other people's lives and in mine. I want to be a part of a truth that lives in the earth, that wins the lost and wins in every battle. When you sin, his graciousness, his love, through his word, and through his voice will give you strength to walk out of it through his spirit. Amen? And so when you sin, his gracious love that he sheds on us, God will use his word, his voice within, or through his spirit, or in dramatic situations, a prophet to confront the sins that we have committed. It is intended to produce conviction, not condemnation. Condemnation says you'll never, you'll never get it right. You're never going to win. How many times have you asked God to forgive you for this? That's condemnation. That's not the voice of God. The voice of God will always draw you closer to him, not push you away from him. The voice of God will always say, look at my cross. I did all this for you so that you have an opportunity to come to the throne of grace in your time of need. God will always pull you in so he will convict you to produce repentance or to change uh, for a change of thinking and behavior. God wants us to repent so that we could walk in fellowship with him. Amen? All right, that's point number one. I'm moving as fast as I can. I've got three. You guys okay? All right. Renew, Romans 12.1. Number two, first you need to repent. You need to repent as often as you can so that you're in allegiance with the truth because the truth will make you free. Amen? If you don't feel freedom in your life, there may be a place where you're carnally minded. 
If you don't feel joy in your life, you need to get back into the truth, in the spirit of truth, and have God help you to rebuild a love for walking with God, even in a dark world. Amen? We are the light of the world, brothers and sisters. We are supposed to be people that are happy, people that enjoy coming to church, people that enjoy living our life. We should get up and smile at the people going through the drive-thru to get your coffee. I don't know where you get your coffee. Maybe you make it at home. But you should be happy to be alive, brothers and sisters. Because we are walking spiritually minded, we have something to look forward to. Amen? So the Bible says that if your mind is conformed to the pattern of this world, you will have a carnal mind. How many know the world has a pattern? Everybody know that? The world has a pattern. And if you follow the pattern, you will get the result of the natural world. But if you follow God's spiritual pattern, you will get life and peace. Scripture tells us that. You will get life and peace. And so the Scripture here in says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is easy for me to serve God when I know that it is the best way to live. I have proven it. I can tell you without a doubt that living for the Lord, spiritually minded, is when I feel the most victorious. Amen? It teaches us. So the scripture teaches us that if you are going to move up in life, you know, so you have to be, as a Christian, you have to be spiritually minded about where God is leading you to. Now, carnal minds or the natural mind will teach you that if you're going to move up in life, you have to step on others. You're not allowed to do that as a Christian. You don't get to climb the ladder and step on people on the way up. God will not let you do that. You are aligned with a new kingdom when you become Jesus Christ's children. You don't get to step on people or use the natural patterns of this world or the methods of this world. You have to use what God has given, and that is preferring your brother and sister. That is looking upon the needs of one another. That is caring for one another and caring for people. And then by that love, the world will know that you are his children because you love one another. That is the reason why the world knows there's a difference. It's because you're so spiritually minded that you'll put self aside and serve others so much so that people see your love for one another and they say, there's got to be something to this. I don't understand. Why don't they pursue their own self agendas? Why don't they pursue their own climb to the top of the ladder? But no, we're sharing and we're doing and caring for one another. And that is a testimony to the world. And number two, if you want to live a full life of joy, joy, jump out of any, this is what the flesh and natural mind says, if you want to live a life full of joy, jump out of any barriers, cancel anything that doesn't make you feel good, and move out away from any restrictions of church or religion. Now, I'm not talking about religion as in the bad religion. I'm talking about good religion or spiritual mindedness. Cancel God as if he could be canceled. <laughs> he cannot be canceled, brothers and sisters. And when you're spiritually minded, the work he's doing, and you cannot be canceled. Right. 
In fact, the blessings that he wants to give you, I'm not, a pro, I'm, I'm not prophesying and saying that if you live for God, life is going to be nothing but puppies and rainbows, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm recovering from a gallbladder being removed, all right? I'm like David. I, I, I have five smooth stones and a pouch on the side, okay? That's what I had. But while I'm recovering and knowing that the rain falls on the just and the unjust and that your life as sown seeds will come back as a harvest to you, yes, but there are some times when you live righteously and you live holy and it still rains on your life. And you have to understand it's not something that you did necessarily if you're a spiritually minded person. You know that in this life we shall have troubles, amen? But in those troubles, in those troubles, my father focus is not on the trouble. My focus is on spiritual things. And I walk into an emergency room and say, what nurse can I minister to? What nurse can I talk to? Me and my wife ministered to Jackie. And we were talking to her. She said, you guys are the funniest and most enjoyable people I've served today. That's how it ought to be. I'm sitting there in pain, but I want to serve. Why? Because we're being spiritually minded. It's not about my needs. It's not about all that I have to have for me. It's about what is God doing in this situation. I get a flat tire on the side of the road. Who is God going to bring along that I want to serve? Who is God going to bring along that needs to hear about Jesus? This is the message I'm preaching. The victory of God in spiritual mindedness. Not that you remove every boundary because that gives you freedom. In fact, it doesn't. Freedom is found in truth and truth has boundaries. And those boundaries keep your spirit and man, your spirit man safe. Amen, somebody? Hallelujah. I'm excited about this word because I believe this is a process word. This is not an event. This is not North American Youth Congress where you go, spend thousands of dollars, be at an event, and then you come home and things hopefully have changed, but maybe in six months it's not the same. Pentecostals love events, brothers and sisters. I'm not bashing anybody. I'm saying we have learned and progressed through our spiritual walk, some of us, as going to events and not truly being changed long term. We love events and we love all the things that go with events, but we don't necessarily love process. And process is where change happens, where you slowly over time change the way you think about things and change the way you approach the word of God and how you see it, amen? And it leads you. The word of God will lead you. So stop saying, oh, it's just the devil chasing me around. No, sometimes it's life. Sometimes it's just life. Life is funny. And we need to be spiritually minded through it all. And we need to dig into the word when we get into the valleys, amen? You need to go deeper, not more shallow. You shout on the mountaintops and sometimes louder in the valleys, amen? And the word of God pulls you out of the pattern of this world to live his pattern that will bring you victory because the word of God teaches you. It teaches you and it does something very special that no other authorized word from God can do. There's, there's, this is God-breathed. And so when you read it, it feeds you, it leads you, and it reads you. It's the only book you will ever read that reads you back. It tells you who you are and what you are. 
and it's uncomfortable sometimes. And if you're not spiritually minded, you'll close the book and say, thank God for the devotion today, and you'll go about your way as a man that looked in a mirror and forgot who he was. You need to walk in the word in order to be changed by the word. And it will change you. It will make a difference in your life. If you say, but pastor, I've tried, and I'm trying to put the wheels down here and land this plane. I've tried, and it doesn't seem to work. I want you to know that you need to keep doing it. You need to double down and dig roots deeper because the Bible tells us in Psalms that the tree that's planted by the rivers of living water does not worry about the seasons that you live through because your source is God. Your natural, your natural life has sources of all different things, but when you become spiritually minded, you put roots down into the Word of God that nourish you even in difficult moments. You open the Word of God in the morning, and it will read you and feed you, and it leads you. Amen? I don't have time to go through that. I have several scriptures for that, but I want you to hear me when I tell you this will make a difference in your life. It will. Even when others from the outside look and say, I don't, I don't know how that's affecting you. I don't know how that's helping you. Understand that it is making a difference. It's like the boy that was walking along the shore at sunup, and as the sun was coming up, he was grabbing starfish, and he was flinging them back into the surf. There's an old man that walked every day, saw this boy several times out there, started becoming a habit that they ran into each other on the beach. And every morning, he's throwing starfish back into the surf because when the tide goes out, the starfish would get stranded on the, on the, on the beach. Finally, the old man had had enough. He's like, I got to talk to this kid. He's, he's not understanding what's going on here. So he goes up to me. He said, what are you doing? He said, well, what's it look like? <laughs> I'm sending the starfish back into the water so they don't die. He's like, you know how many thousands of starfish are stranded on this coast? He said, it makes no difference whether you throw those starfish back or not. You're not impacting anything. They're still going to die in the thousands. And he's like, well, and the little boy, and the boy reached down, picked up another starfish and threw it into the surf and said, made a difference for that one. It doesn't matter who thinks this doesn't work. There's an eternity past and an eternity future where this word is settled in heaven and we're settling it in the earth, amen? And so the enemy's gonna fight this word because we're trying to settle it down into our lives. We're trying to make the word become flesh as Jesus did. He was the word made flesh and we're trying to do that in our life and in order to be spiritually minded, you've got to be willing to say, I know it may not look like it's working as fast as I want it to. I know I may have to have more patience. I may feel like I'm in a waiting room just taking a number and these promises don't seem to necessarily be happening as fast as I want them to but it will work. Trust me, I know. I've watched it. I've lived it. I waited 30 years for one of the promises and watched it happen. I talked to my dad on the phone every day day and he calls his life his natural man where he was saved fell out of the church and now he's come back to God he calls that section his former life he has been so turned around I never thought it would be happen prayed for 30 years and believed this promise that it would happen and God did it God did it he will do it it makes a difference 
And when you're praying for a distant relative or you're praying for someone to come back to God or you're praying for someone to turn around or a situation to be changed, you just keep digging into the word. Keep putting your roots in your source of eternal life and being spiritually God-minded. And God is more than enough to make it happen, brothers and sisters. Can you say amen to that? That is... That is the key that I'm trying to get to today. That God is more than enough, but he's not more than enough if you're not spiritually minded. If you don't seek the word of God for answers to your problems and solutions to your needs, he is not, you're not going to see victory in the journey. If I can get just one person out of this sermon to take the journey of spiritual mindfulness I believe I have one today. I couldn't get away from this. I wanted to preach something else. This comes across as such a, a, a heavy word because I'm, con- I'm talking about getting out of a fleshly mind, and we are all so busy in life. I get that. We have to be responsible. I know that. But while you're going through your day, set your alarm on your phone. I love what Brother Jim does. He sets his alarm every hour, and it goes off and says, time to pray. And he'll just stand there and he'll just pray a prayer. We were setting these lights up and he's helping Brother Nate and we'd be going and his phone would go off. Every hour his phone would go off and he'd stop and he'd say a prayer. Spiritual mindfulness because he wants to be spiritually minded. That is what I'm talking about. It's the key. The preacher said it all my life. Preachers that prophesied to me said it all my life. But I didn't experience it until I started striving to be spiritually minded. I did not experience. You can know this book and not have it live in your life. You can know God and not truly be intimate with him until you start to be spiritually minded. That is the key. Amen? Do you see that in the word that I've presented today? Spiritually mindfulness, spiritual mindfulness is what gives you the ability to say Romans 8.28. When you look in Romans 8 and it's talking about being spiritually minded, if you read all the way down through the passage, it talks about the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And when you get to Romans 8.28, it says all things work together for good. It's going to work together for good to them that love. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That would not be in Romans 8 if you didn't have the victory of having the mind of Christ early in the chapter. So the victory that it talks about is added on to if you live a spiritual mindset, if you take captive thoughts that are not from God, and you hold every thought accountable and say, Lord, that's not from you. That's definitely not something I want to be thinking. I don't want my heart to be consumed by anything like that. I'm tearing it down. If you pull down every imagination and every stronghold and subject it to the name of Jesus and his word, you will live a victorious and spiritual life. Amen? Would you stand with me today? I know this is more teaching than sometimes spiritually minded things are more difficult to get your mind around. But I want you to know that you will have a hard time believing that God is enough until you start 
being spiritually minded. You need to take a time in the morning. You need to take a time in the evening. And you need to decompress from the day's tasks and the day's duties. You need to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I give you this day. I put your name on this day, which means that this whole day has his victory on it. And then in the evening, you need to sit down for a few minutes and write down whatever you need to get out of your spirit. Just write it down and say, Lord, I want to decompress from the natural tasks of life, and I want to stay in a spiritual mindset. And you will have the best sleep you've ever had. You don't need a my pillow. You don't need a, a Tempur-Pedic. Did you see the commercial where the two guys are fighting? And it's like, it's like two spies, and they're fighting each other, and they're psh, 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 and they fall into a bed, and then one spy falls asleep, and then the other spy's like, and he lays down on the pillow, and then he falls asleep. They were, one, they were fighting each other, and then they fell on the Tempur-Pedic, and then the scene goes down, and it says, Tempur-Pedic beds, we put people to sleep. <laughs> it's like the funniest commercial I ever saw. But the truth is, with spiritual mindfulness, no matter what you go through, God will always be enough in every circumstance. A friend recently overheard a father and his daughter in the last moments together at an airport. They were gathering at the terminal. She was going to be leaving, and they were obviously moved by the separation. They announced the departure over the speaker, and they were standing there near security gate, and they hugged, and the father said, I love you. And I wish you enough. It's kind of a strange wish, and a friend of mine decided that he would pursue it. He didn't want to go after him right away because he could see they were having an emotional moment, but the dad stood there, and the daughter replied back, Dad, our life together has been more than enough. Your love is all I ever needed. I wish you enough too, Dad. He was just intrigued by that. They kissed, and the daughter left. The father walked over to the window where this friend was standing. He was actually seated there, and he was standing looking out at the plane, and this father, as he was saying goodbye to his daughter, and standing there, he could see that he wanted or needed to cry. It was a very difficult separation moment. He said, I tried to not intrude on his privacy, but he welcomed me in by asking, did you ever say goodbye to someone knowing it would be forever? And he said, yes, I have. I replied, he said, forgive me for asking, but why is this a forever goodbye? He said, I am old, and she lives very far away. I have challenges ahead and the reality is the next trip back will be for my funeral, he said. When you were saying goodbye, I heard you say something. I wish you enough. May I ask what that means? And he began to smile. That's a wish that has been handed down from other generations in my family. My parents used to say to everyone, and he paused for a minute as he was thinking through it and he looked up as he was trying to remember it in detail and he smiled even more he said when when we said I wish you enough we were wanting 
the other person to have a life filled with just enough good things to, be, to sustain them. Then turning toward me, he shared the following as if he was reciting it from memory. He said, I wish you enough, son, to keep your attitude bright no matter how gray the day may appear. I wish you enough rain to appreciate the sun even more. I wish you enough happiness to keep your spirit alive and everlasting. I wish you enough pain so that even the smallest of joys in life may appear bigger. I wish you enough gain to satisfy your wantings or needs. I wish you enough loss to appreciate all that is your possessions, that, is, that you possess. I wish you enough hellos to get you through every final goodbye. He began to cry as he walked away. And then he turned back, he said, make sure you take time to live. To everyone here, I wish you enough. I wish you enough spiritually that you know that God is more than enough and that you have enough spiritual mindness to know that tomorrow can be brighter because we're going to a future home that is better than here. That you need to know that the best is yet to come. And that in Jesus Christ, we're not just trudging through life. We're actually been, we've been given the power to set us and people free. The truth will make us free. And it is more than enough. Even in this dark day, this is more than enough. I believe it can change a heart and change a life. So I wish you enough spiritual mindedness to get through the rain that falls on the just and the unjust. I wish you enough spiritual mindedness to be happy when there's not happy moments around you. I wish you enough spiritual mindedness to see the pain as power that changes you and molds you and the fiery trials bring you through to greater glory. I wish you enough to satisfy the longings of your spirit man, not just your physical man. I wish you enough the loss in your life that you appreciate the possession and the power of a life yet to live, that there is more yet to come, and I wish you enough hellos. I wish you enough blessing that every goodbye is just to see you later. In Jesus' name, I wish that for you. Make sure you don't just live life make sure you live a spiritually minded life. In Jesus' name, I ask it over every one of us. Would you bow your heads today? Listen to this song for a minute as a prayer. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. Help me to be spiritually minded. Help me to lead a life that glorifies your name. This altar is open if you want to come and ask God to be more than enough for you. I don't know what you've been struggling with or what the devil has tried to lie to you about, but would you come and would you dis disagree? Would you stand against? Would you take authority in the name of Jesus in some prayer time right now? 
and say, I'm going to disconnect. Lord, forgive me. I'm not just going to live just a natural life. I want to live a spiritually minded life. I want all you have for me. I want everything you have for me. I don't want to limit the move of God in my life because I have a carnal mind. Help me, Lord, pull down any thoughts or imaginations that stand against you. Give me a spirit of enough in you, Jesus. Help me to live a spiritually minded life so that I can pass on to my children that you are more than enough so I can share with this world that is in a lost state, that is in difficulty and trauma, that you are more than enough, God. Oh, Lord, help us today to be spiritually minded in every way. Oh, take the journey today. Somebody take the journey today. Let us glorify your name, Jesus. Here I am to lift you high, to lift my voice. Come on, if he hasn't felt like more than enough, you just need to get more attached to Jesus. You need to make a fresh connection. You need to repent of anything in your life and come out of agreement with a lie so that you align yourself in allegiance with the truth today. And the truth is Jesus, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, God, for strong minds in this room. But don't let our natural minds run over spiritual mindedness in our life is where we find the victory in Christ. Give us the mind of Christ today, Jesus. We glorify your name in our life. Glorify your name in our life. There's a move of God in this room right now. If you need to leave, that's fine. But there's a move of God in here to lay down carnal thinking and pick up spiritual mindedness, to be present, to be aware, to be aware of the times and the needs and the necessary things of life, but only through a spiritual lens, not just a natural lens. In Jesus' name, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I'm not sure how to love someone like Here I am, Jesus. Send me. How can you so send me into my family. I know it's not comfortable. Send me into my workplace as spiritually minded. I don't have to receive everything being transmitted to me from spiritual situations. I don't have to receive every carnal situation. I can say, no, I'm going to be spiritually minded be driven by the Spirit. Be driven by the Spirit. My life is led to worship you, Jesus. I don't want any other gods before you, God. I don't want to worship anything else. I want to worship you today, Jesus. I want to worship you today, Jesus. I 